all right hello wonderful people it's awesome and amazing to be before you again today on growth secrets with abiodu mustafa and every time we come you know it's always a remarkable time when we are willing to give you so much value to transform your life and to move you to the next next level and you know there are times when we always seek opportunities that are not around us that we may be able to implement to get to the next level but we just don't know how to get there and today we'll be showing you how to leverage and get involved with the opportunities that are around you with the opportunities internationally which are paid and sponsored some people are saying oh i want to travel out of my country and i don't want to get scammed i don't want to get into trouble all right today is that solution you have been waiting for maybe you have been praying eagerly ah god i want to travel i must arm and go abroad i'm tired of my country don't worry deliverance is coming now now just very soon the deliverance is coming all right my guest in the house is an amazing individual a lecturer of the university of port Harcourt, and she is also a phd student in china she has had the ability to travel to europe sponsored and she's currently on a scholarship in one of the amazing institutions in china she is also the co-host co-convener of Edu innovative educators hangout as well as um, a microsoft innovative education expert certified and an amazing individual and she'll be showing us the secret to how she has been able to travel the world get paid opportunities and then she has been able to grow her career till this point all right ladies and gentlemen you know it's always time to bring amazing people to you so today is not an exemption join me as i welcome to this platform the phenomenal exceptional amazing chioma okay. joy Okonkor. you're welcome chioma to growth secrets thank you thank you thank you for having me it's a pleasure to be here today thank you all right so um, down to business please can you just share with us some of these amazing truths you know there are a lot of people who are always dreaming they always have this thing in their head oh i dreamed that i fly inside the airplane ah i dreamed that i saw Oribo. i dreamed that i slept um, i dreamed that i slept i entered one nice hotel i dreamed that i was inside the same classroom with Oribo. but at the end of the day their dreams just remain ordinary dreams so how can people who are having these dreams turn those things into reality? And how can people who feel like, ah, I don't have a background or I have a very low background, I came from a poor background, how can they go on to have some of these paid opportunities? You have been there, coming from where you are and moving on, traveling to Europe. Currently, you are in Asia doing amazing things. So can you help us to share on some of these key concepts and then we would follow up with questions? well i'll just try and unpack everything you have just said in your sentence hello again everyone i'm joy okonko like he introduced me and i'm so happy to be here to share my story my lessons so far and my journey with everyone who is tuned in now 
Um, for the questions he has asked, how to go from having the dream of I want to study abroad, I want to go abroad, to having it come to actualization, there are a series of processes. He mentioned something which I feel I should also share, the issue of background. I know this is a very sensitive topic and a lot of people, you're connected that, oh, you feel the background you have is not as desirable or doesn't make you to be at a position whereby you feel you can assess that opportunities. But that's not entirely true. Um, I would share my own story as an example. I was born in a humble home, a humble background. My parents did the best they could do for us. My first level, secondary school level education were all done in Nigeria, Lagos State to be precise. I actually grew up in Ajegule. <laughs> so funny to believe. Yeah, I grew up in Ajegule for the first 20 something years of my life. So it was public school all the while from um nursery i think i went to a private school private primary school for a short while then transited to a public secondary school so i've i've, I've i know firsthand how it feels coming from maybe a background whereby your parents do not have so much money in quotes but it's not a disadvantage I saw it as an opportunity. It's more like a springboard to develop yourself. So for everyone who is tuned in and listening now and you're feeling as though, oh, my parents are not so wealthy. I didn't grow up in the best parts of town. My dear, that is actually the spice in your story. With that, when you're telling your story, when you're recrafting your story, it will make so much sense because it will now serve as something that would motivate you when you remember how home back home is i remember those days in my university when i remember how things were at home it spurs me like i don't want to just go back and remain in that locality i want to grow and move on from there so the issue now having that idea that dream is a good dream now you have to prepare you have that dream it's a good thing. I believe God has put that dream in you, that vision in you that you truly want to um, go on and assess um, global opportunities, which is very good. The dream now, the sorry, the strategy to use now is what I will be sharing shortly. So you'll be able to go from having that dream to seeing the dream come to pass. Okay. So now the first thing you have to do is to prepare preparation is very vital i look at what some of the younger people are doing on the internet and i just wonder like is it that these people do not know how this may come up to haunt them later in the future start preparing when it comes to academic opportunities there are different types you have scholarships, you have fellowships, you have um, grant opportunities, you have opportunities to attend just conference proceedings, sponsored and come back. So these are also types of uh, opportunities. Uh, Mr. Biodo, please let me know when you want to interject so I will know <laughs> if I'm going so fast at all. Um, no, go on, you're free, it's, it's your ground. Okay, okay, thank you so much. So there are various types of opportunities, actually. You have, like I mentioned, you have the, the scholarships, you have fellowships, you have um, grants. Now, grants may be awarded for various reasons. It may be to attend a conference. I know someone who the first time he had to travel out of Nigeria was actually on account of uh, a grant that was given to him. He actually joined a professional society and 
he was awarded a grant to go to the U.S. to present a research paper he had worked on as part of his master's work. So that is an example of someone who like made an attempt to also, oh, I don't just want to be here. I want to go travel and also network and experience new things, learn new things from other people, see other people's perspective to life. So like I said, you have the dream. It's a good one. The next step now is to begin to prepare begin to prepare yourself for to fit in into what they are looking for because the scholarship bodies the scholarship providers they have the people they want to give and if you do not fit into that category you may not stand a successful application so what is wisdom wisdom is to begin now to prepare yourself into a successful applicant there are certain things that are looking out for um, like in terms of academic scholarships, those scholarships actually are given to students that demonstrate outstanding academic um, qualifications. So good grades for those kind of scholarships, good grades in an SM. So what does it tell you? You begin to focus on your grades because you know that having the good grades is going to give you a better chance of getting the scholarships. Meanwhile, there are certain types of scholarship that the emphasis is not just only on grades. They also look at other interpersonal skills, leadership abilities. I think um, they call such ones average scholarship. Not that average for average student, no. It just means that the focus is not entirely on academic um, your grades. They also look out for have the uh, have you demonstrated leadership qualities? In what capacities have you served? So knowing this now, I want that you want to apply for an average scholarship. What do you begin to do now? You begin to prepare yourself, look for opportunities to serve in various leadership capacities. Even if you're volunteering, you tell them, let them um, let them give you a name, a designated um, position to, so that something you can attach that, oh, I served as a social media marketer for XYZ organization. So do you see what you're doing now? You're already building your expertise. You're already building your experience. So by the time it's time for the application, you already have something to bring. As compared to when it's time for application, you don't really have what to bring. If they ask for experiences, you don't really have any. You don't, you've not like shown, you've not been able to demonstrate leadership skills. You've not been able to like show that you are volunteers or served in various capacities. So there are actually various, um, these are strategies you can begin to put in place to ensure that, oh, I'm a strong candidate. Because let me tell you the truth. Look at the truth is this. The number of people that are beginning to be aware and apply for scholarships are increasing. So what does it tell you? It tells you that, let's say, for every 1,000 scholarships that want to be given, about 50,000 applicants may apply for that same position. And the scholarship providers, they are charged with the responsibility of trying to select the best applicants for these positions. So you're trying now to begin to build yourself into a very a strong applicant by having like the right grades. Just ensure that you're having the right grades. It depends on the level. If you're applying for undergraduate scholarship, that means your O level has to be very nice. If you're applying for masters, that means you have to 
work hard that you get a right CGPA. There are some that say, oh, from 2-1 and first class. These are the people we want to consider in our as our eligibility criteria. So you see how not having that particular grade have exempted some group of people from that scholarship. But that's not like, that's not to uh, make you feel bad that, oh, I don't have a 2-1, I don't have a first class, then what happens to me? You, there are still other scholarships that focuses on other areas apart from academic grades. We have like some community service-based scholarship. Those um, scholarships are actually given to individuals that have demonstrated a track record of community service. This one is actually a very good opportunity because if you're someone who has been taking partaking in initiative, make sure you are um, organizing and keeping evidences and records of all your works, all the services you've been doing. So when you are applying, you're, you're going to be applying, you're going to submit this as evidences, a form of pictorial um, evidence, written evidence of what you have done or what you have achieved so far. So are you seeing that with each step now from a dream, from a dream you had, now you are now taking deliberate intentional steps to make yourself into a strong candidate. Okay. Like for me, I had to do my BSc, my master's all in Nigeria. It was at the PhD doctoral level that I had to travel out of the country. It wasn't as though I didn't really try. But at this point, I just wanted to travel out for the sake of traveling out. And that is a temptation to avoid. Oh, I just want to travel out. I just want to have this scholarship for the sake of having a scholarship. No, have a strong why. That will also motivate you when you are writing your, your, um, your scholarship essay, your statement of purpose. That would really like add more strength to the statement of purpose because they see they can see from the writing from the statement of purpose that oh this person is is um is self-driven this person knows is passionate about this let's give her the scholarship let's give him the scholarship award so it's not just oh i want to travel out of nigeria and oh give me scholarship <laughs> so many people have that thought too and they are still where they are so but you can make a difference by Taking into consideration the steps I've listed out now, start from now to prepare. I remember for my scholarship interview, I'm actually on a scholarship by um, the federal government, the Petroleum Trust Development, Petroleum, <laughs> Petroleum Technology Development Fund called PTDF. And one of their key, uh, one of the key areas that the focus is petroleum sector. And I studied biochemistry science. So I had to look for a way to tie my own field of research to the petroleum, in the, to their core area. So that's another key thing. Make sure, make sure, especially if you're going for master's and PhD level, you have to be able to demonstrate that your work falls under, or the course you are applying for, falls under the priority area. Because if these two things do not align, then they will not consider you as a strong candidate that, oh, this person doesn't really fit. So take out time to look at the eligibility, take out time to look at the core area. What is their emphasis? For my own case, I knew that the focus was around the petroleum industry and I had to now tailor my work into, there was a challenge we have, you've heard of oil spills. I have to now tailor my own um, application to be about bringing out solutions for the oil spillage 
um, situations we have in the country. That was how I was able to link my own um, application to the problem, the priority area of the fund, the scholarship provider. So it may be in various cases. Your own may be um, maybe something on, maybe you studied linguistics and the scholarship provider may be um, just find out what is their area. What is their area? Is it gender equality? Is it leadership? Is it climate change? Is it environmental? Is it food? Is it nutrition? So that you find a way to tie your research, especially if you're this, this one is actually for masters and PhD level, especially PhD level. Yes, because you have to be able to demonstrate that your area of research or the course you're going to study falls in line or falls under their priority areas. So I've mentioned um, how many strategies now. I think I've mentioned three main strategies on how to you can prepare for on how you can prepare for global opportunities. I said the first one, you have to start preparing yourself. Know what you're focusing on, your grades, good grades, start acquiring um when it when start acquiring experiences volunteering leadership demonstrating leadership potentials these are things that would help set you apart as a strong candidate uh, mr biodo i don't know how if i've been able to do justice to the questions you asked so far just let fantastic, me know if, if there's fantastic. anything i, I missed it's out amazing. if there's anything i missed out yeah I it's, like it's to... amazing that's that's an amazing one it's it's so so great and and you know some of these discussions are just um giving people access to listen to some of our um personal interactions around um some of these things and um the truth is a, a lot of people really want to want to get these opportunities but they just don't know how it's still i i tell people that foolishness is mm. not the absence of knowledge it's not knowing how to apply that knowledge and um people are falling into hands of a lot of people just because of they course. just don't know what to do they feel ah those are traveling abroad it looks as if there is one spiritual <laughs> father or mother that is praying upon them and maybe they are laying hands upon them every day yeah. or there is one oil they used to drink <laughs> that is making them travel abroad anyhow <laughs> so um it's 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 amazing it's so 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 great to to listen to some of these things now i don't know can you can you share some of the deliberate things that people need to do i know there is this part of um having a motivation letter having a good grade doing some of these things but how do people position themselves to be able to know that this opportunity is there is it like um, oh. someone would be sleeping and then you just see an angel fly and tell you oh this is a scholarship get it and go or maybe there is one voice or there is one place people go to so just get those things and just let us know how can people position themselves to be able to access some of these key opportunities okay very brilliant question after preparation the next thing is to know where to search know where to search very important it's as knowing where to start search is just it's like a is a phase that you have to go through that is very very key so where are the places you can search the first one you can search from the university website itself. Almost all the universities, especially international universities, they have a website. And if you go to their web page, you're going to find the programs and you under there, you will see scholarships and opportunities. 
scholarships and opportunities then when you open that you're going to see the opportunities that are available to you to international students to minority groups there are actually some region specific scholarship they may say oh this particular scholarship in order for us to encourage diversity in our university we want to use this scholarship to support students from africa student from west africa student from xyz so the first um, one of the places you can search is university websites another place you can search you can search the website of foreign institutions institutions like world bank institutions like uh, ministry of education of various um, countries most times when you go there you are going to find information on maybe opportunities opportunities exchange student exchange opportunities opportunities that has to do with scholarship then another smart way to also go about it you can also use curated scholarship platforms there are several of them you have um, the very popular one i think that one i subscribed to them scholarship positions you have after school africa you have um, opportunity desk these are like curated platforms what they do is that they get information on scholarships from different sources and they put it together in one place so by subscribing to them they send you an email they send you an email of these various opportunities i think they have like scheduled dates or you can even go to their website and browse through various opportunities available to you and that one is also a smart way of doing it because what they are able to do for you is that they are able to gather this information from the schools from the ministries from the foreign institution and they bring it into one hub and your part is now to go and begin to search look at the eligibility criteria look at the ones that um that you fall that are suitable for you look at the ones that um, the deadlines have not been elapsed that you can also apply for so those are that's a key that's a good way to start knowing where to search so i've mentioned um three key places you can go directly to the university website or you can visit the website of the foreign institutions or you can also visit um, subscribe to this scholarship curation um, platforms okay so these are the three key places you can say and those are good places to start from when you want to search all right that's phenomenal answer thank you so much for that and um, some people their fear may not even be um, thinking they will travel abroad some people it may be like um i'm scared um this visa how do we go about it if i want to travel how do i go about issues with visa and um, some of these things and i know a lot of people don't know that the fastest way to really travel out of your country is through education that's the fastest yeah. way um yeah. where you when you go to the embassy and they are asking other people questions and they are denying them I remembered when I went to U.S. Embassy and <laughs> it was very funny. I went to U.S. Embassy on the basis of an opportunity I got also. Like the people were ready to host us. They wanted us to come. The organization has given us everything. And we got there. They were asking them, why do you want to travel? And that's one question you should always expect. Um, they would always ask you, what's the reason why you want why? to travel? Why? Yeah, I mentioned and that. Know your why. I went there. I went there. I told them everything. Okay, we wanted to go for this particular conference to be able to ensure that we want to um, develop the nation and all of that. And it got to the point where uh, they were asking me, okay, what do you do? 
And this is not I was I was still I was a PhD student. I was just a PhD student and I was telling them all of that. Okay, um, are you married? My God, what's happening? And that was a part of the question. Eventually, after all of these questions and all of that, they just told me, sorry, we can't give you visa. But I knew if it was true education, that question would not be there because the kind of visa I would have applied for was different. That was how I would have gone to America. So a lot of people are feeling like, ah, what's the issues? Visa issues, you are crying. Academics is the fastest route to be able to get in there. And um, I yeah. think I even want to advise people. You're saying I want to travel. I want to travel. Number one, have you gotten a passport? You want to travel. <laughs> if the opportunity come now, if the opportunity come now, are you even ready? Have you applied for a passport? At least just go and apply for five years passport. That one has a way of saying, oh, this person is serious. So even yeah, if there's part of the demon, preparation, yeah. Even if there's a demon that wants to deal with you, eh? The the courage to apply for that passport, eh? We begin to kill those demons and to begin to pave way it's not that you are now waiting until you are giving in fact some of these opportunities like you can you can attest to it they would ask you for your passport number they want to know if this person have the ability to travel out so for some of these opportunities you would really really need um these things all right thank you very much Jeremiah. okay these are some questions why we're expecting our audience to also ask their own question now, I want to ask you, some of these questions I'll be asking will be personal, but they are also very deliberate. Like, number one, when did you start knowing you would travel outside outside Nigeria? Maybe um, it was never a childhood dream. Maybe when you were 5, 10, 50, you never felt you would travel out. When did you start knowing and when did you start being intentional about traveling out of Nigeria? Okay, so um, the question about when did I start knowing, I feel my family members sort of believed in me that i would travel out i don't know somehow they were able to see that and um with respect to intentionality i think i became more intentional about traveling out during my postgraduate studies that it as my master's level i started um, trying for scholarships and all i actually got one but it wasn't fully funded so i couldn't go for that one so my intentionality now began in my postgraduate days but if i had known i would have been more intentional even right from my undergraduate days my undergraduate days if i could do it more if i could do it differently now i would have started preparing myself even from my undergraduate days even if it's not um a full scholarship per se but maybe um, a funding to go for a conference or a summer program outside the country. Those are also other academic opportunities because there are also opportunities for students. Let's say you're a year two student of a university department and so on. There are also opportunities for you to travel as an exchange student. These were things I, I wasn't really paying attention to during my undergraduate days. So I would say that I became more intentional during my postgraduate that's my master's when i was doing my master's in nigeria that was when i became more intentional about traveling outside the country awesome awesome this is interesting now mm -hmm. um to another very important question and um, somebody might be saying why is why are you bothering me about traveling i'm satisfied okay with my country um, no, well, I would start going to Boyin land to learn language. I'll start going through the stress and all of these things. 
can you share with people more deliberately from experience? I knew you you had the ability to be in Europe at the time. Now you are in Asia. Um, some people, like like a, a particular thought leader I respect so much, says he says that the the average African is tribal in nature. You know, there's a difference between being tribal and being tribalistic. They are tribal mm. in nature, like they don't always want to explore. They are satisfied with oh my people, my people, not them them. We date together, mm. make we enjoy the flow. Why I want to stress myself? <laughs> Why well, I won't stress myself, go go another person land. Now, it, the mm. average African is tribal in nature, but the average European first worlder is territorial in nature. Like they want to dominate, they want to be in places, they want to explore. Now, what are some of the benefits people get by tra- traveling out of their country? Um, <laughs> Joe uh, really said something recently that, is, that he posted something recently that is very funny. He, he, he said that um, if if you are in Nigeria and you don't have a passport, it's almost like you are, and maybe you are not educated. Maybe you are not you are not amidst the educated elite. And if you have not traveled <laughs> out of your country, there's a way you put it. Like if you have not traveled out of your country, you are still you are still on the average there about. I can't quote quote him exactly now. Now, what are some of the benefits people get by choosing to travel out of their country? People need to know this. People need to okay. know that there's that point of just saying, um, I'm in Nigeria. No, you I'm need to visit people. Yeah. When you go, yeah. you, go <laughs> the you also need to travel. So for the Africans yeah. who are listening to this, why do you think it's essential that they really uh, need one, to one, one of the things, yeah, one of the things it does for you is exposure exposure is very important you know there are things you hold so dear sometimes we think our way of doing things is like the superior way it's the all in all until you travel and you meet people from different cultures you begin to gain insight diverse perspective into other things so you're beginning you, you're beginning to shut aside that your uh, local perspective for a global more global look so you are now able to develop a global mindset another thing it does for you apart from exposure is networks very important the network of people the individuals you come across as you travel wow i wouldn't i can't tell you like the, I, it's, it can't be un- underestimated. You can't underestimate the, the power of having right international networks. This open doors for you in countries you can't even imagine that, oh, maybe I would visit this country in my lifetime. But by virtue of traveling, maybe you attended a school and in that school you are a part of an international student community. You get to learn things from, okay, right now my roommate is from Mozambique. I didn't know that Mozambique they speak Portuguese. Mozambique is actually an African country. I may not have known this on my own. And coming um, in contact with her, learning things from her cultures, the way they do things. And I've had people from Nepal. I've had people from Pakistani. We sit down and they tell, oh, this is how government is being run in my country. What it does for you, what it does for your mindset, it gives you a higher perspective. It gives you a global perspective. So I said exposure international networks okay helps you to see the world from a new point maybe you're coming from the culture where you feel oh women have to kneel down to greet you in the morning and you travel and you see how things are being done the and the principles of mutual respect irrespective of gender these are things you shared aside when you travel but maybe if you remained in your your locality you may be okay with such kind of behaviors 
you begin to learn about internationally accepted best practices in your field. This is what international exposure can do for you. You begin to learn about best practices. You begin to learn about um, the trends, the global trends of what is happening in your field, be it science, be it engineering or whatever you're studying. And you're able to learn how to develop the skill of interacting with people from different cultures. And not just cause people from different nationalities, you're able to work with them because the future of the workspace is such that it's going to become a more intercultural workspace. So let's say you don't know how to relate with people. You don't know how to talk and engage with people from different culture. It's going to be very difficult for such a person with such a fixed mindset to fit in into such a global cultural workplace. Yeah, so amazing. traveling does that for you. Yeah. And to balance it, to balance it, these are things you can begin to learn even while where you are. Because someone will say, okay, I won't do anything. I will just wait until when I, I travel, then I, I can begin to learn all this. No, even right there in Nigeria, begin to learn how to develop social awareness. Let's say you are from the East. How do you engage with people from the West? Do you consider your race as, or maybe your tribe as a more superior tribe to every other tribe? How do you deal with people who are different from you culturally? From Nigeria there, you can begin to learn this. So on a global platform, you are able to begin to, you, are, you will start um, applying those things you have learned because the foundations are already right. You are, you are more open-minded to learning from people who are different from you. So I just felt I needed to throw in that bit of balance there for someone who may be thinking, oh, I'm not going to do anything until I travel before I start respecting other cultures and the rest. So that's the bit of balance. Yeah, amazing. I think that's that's also something that is called cross-cultural competence. Being sure. able to be somewhere and also adapt to that environment. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Thank you mm -hmm. so much for some You're of welcome. these amazing answers. Like somebody will, will, would have in mind to ask you also. Someone might be willing to ask, what were some of the challenges you faced along the process of applying for these opportunities? What were some of those challenges? Is it like it was just awesome, sweet, all true? You went here, it was fine. Everything just worked, worked, worked. What were some of those challenges you faced and how were you able to overcome those challenges along the way of application? So people can prepare their mind for things they need to get right, they need to do right, and how they need to go about it. Yeah, I remember the first, um, there was this application I made that was during my master's. I really, it's just an opportunity for you to travel for a conference and sponsor everything and that. And I remember applying for that thing three times and it wasn't successful. And there was one particular incident we were how many that applied. The other two got it. I was the one who didn't get. And I felt bad, but it didn't deter me from making more. All I needed to do is look at my strategies. What did I do? um was it something with my statement of purpose is it something i had to go look at the eligibility criteria again because sometimes you find some of these hidden messages in the eligibility criteria if your statement of purpose is not aligning with their key area then it may be rejected and sometimes it may be that oh the number of people that applied were so much and they had to pick like the best of the best people they can and you were rejected so it's nothing to take um it's not something to take, oh, that's, oh, I'm not intelligent or I'm not good enough. Just take it as a learning curve. 
something for a springboard for you to rise up again and try other opportunities try it wasn't my first one i didn't get it at my first one i didn't get it at the second i didn't get it at the third it was probably the fourth and when it came i had to choose i actually had two doctoral scholarships to choose from when it eventually came that way i also i was Are i was praying about one <laughs> i can't give out one i can't give out they actually have a waiting list so if someone if someone for any reason drops out they have someone else in the list they can contact from the people who applied so it's non-transferable so my my <laughs> my word of encouragement to anyone who has been through series of rejection don't give up i went on i continued my masters in nigeria and i completed it even while i was still all pressing i want to study outside the country and all that it didn't deter me there are good universities in nigeria i was studying i was learning i was still trying out opportunities there i didn't just post my life and say oh i'm not going to do anything again i'll just be applying for scholarships no I still moved on with my masters and by God's grace I was able to complete that masters and the opportunity eventually came during my doctoral for my doctoral program and I had to choose Amazing. so rejection Amazing. is actually a part yeah 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 so yeah. just know look at you evaluate your strategies I just have to add this because sometimes it may just just be that um you're bad or you're not good just look check out or you can even get someone involve someone else in the process to help you evaluate get an expert to review your essays your statement of purpose and other things too mm -hmm. to be sure that oh this thing is well written well crafted amazing amazing you know something just came to my mind and i'm thinking some people would want to ask also um okay. people feel that for every opportunity to travel about abroad you need to have TOEFL, you need to have GRE, you need to have um um hires um, and yeah. all of those um english proficiency exams was mm. that the same in your case and is this a general rule okay no it's not a general rule it depends on the university that's why i said it's good for you to look at the eligibility when you begin please ensure you look at the eligibility criteria if they say they require ieltls that means that is their requirements if you don't have it then that is putting the person at like a form of disadvantaged position if they say they want gre so most of the universities in um i think in the us they require gre the graduate requirement examination okay so it's so, and another way to do this also is also to write to them to write to the programs officer to tell them that okay fine this is a requirement but my instruction i actually did my bsc my msc the medium of instruction was english and hear what they will say from there sometimes they're able to waver sometimes they say no this is something everyone must do in my own case i didn't need that my program is actually in english although i'm in china the program is in english but i didn't need to provide an um, english as a second language i didn't need the um, toefl i didn't need all that because my medium of instruction at first degree and second degree were all in english so there was no need for me to provide that so please look at the eligibility if they say they want this then wisdom behooves that you go and get that um prerequisite qualification for that school especially if you intend to go to schools like maybe in the uk in the us 
But some of the Asian schools, um, so-so, look at the eligibility if they want. Yes, well, I know the Chinese government scholarship. Yes, some, some of them, it depends on the medium of instruction. Some of them, the medium of instruction is actually in Chinese. But that's one they require. When you come to China, you have to take, they sponsor you on a course. You learn Chinese for one year, then you begin your program, your actual program. So it depends. Please look at the eligibility. Mm, awesome. I, you know, it was, it was a disc discussion that made me learn Wen Xinhuang. That's amazing. Interesting, interesting. It's yeah. it's true. I, I even got yes, there's 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 a young younger friend of mine who is who is also studying in Canada now. It's what you just recommended he did also. He told them right from onset he has always learned in English and they were able to give him admission in Canada. So, but some people don't know these things. They don't want to take yeah, that the step. Right and to the then, program officer, please. Mm. Yeah, definitely. They don't want to take that step and then move on. They don't want to take that step and move on. All right. Thank you so much, Shoma. We've learned a lot. We've learned a lot. You're now, welcome. this is um, this is this is always an humorous part of the questions I ask my guests when I invite <laughs> my podcast. I used to say, if you look at if you look at um, Shoma Joy at five years old, what would you tell that young girl? about traveling abroad <laughs> oh the younger chioma oh what would i tell her okay um about traveling abroad i will tell her chioma be prepared learn to be contented and uh, what else would i tell younger chioma be adaptable to change yeah be adaptable to change. Everything may not go the way you want it to, but be adaptable to change. I think that's a skill we all need to, to have in this 21st century and the post-COVID era. We all need to be adaptable to be changed. So, younger Chioma, if I was to tell you in just one sentence, be adaptable to change. Interesting. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, Chioma, I'm very grateful. Now we, I know so you, you do things. You you have um, a program called Innovative um, Educators and Girls. Yeah. So can you mm. tell us about that? How can people also connect to that program? How can okay. they um, link up to you? And then what are some of the things you're doing that people can connect with? I know you have a program currently for people who want to work personally with you on um, their journey on this educational line. Can you share on that? Yeah. And how people yeah. can really reach you and connect with you? Okay, so I'm actually the co-founder of a community, an online community, the Innovative Educators Hangout. I actually started that community to support and equip educators with the skills and the strategies they need to reposition themselves as relevant 21st century professionals. So in that community, you actually learn a number of things, 21st century innovative teaching method, how to um, incorporate 21st century skills development in your teaching practice. I'm very passionate about professional development for educators. So I wanted to, um, oh, thank you for displaying that. That's actually the Telegram. It's for now, we are on Telegram and I'm also on the YouTube. I have some live trainings there. So we have this monthly hangout for now. We meet monthly and each month, there's a special lesson. Like um, last month, the theme was actually global opportunities for educators. 
So we actually look at areas that we feel that educators need to be aware of and we make it the subject of a hangout meeting. We call our meetings hangout. So in each hangout, you get to learn about. So we started in April, actually. And from April till this point, we've been able to cover key areas that we feel are very important to educators. So if you're here and you also want you're someone who is thinking of making a profitable career or you want a sustainable career in the academia, please join the Hangout, the Innovative Educators Hangout. And also I have a, oh, <laughs> I have a program as well for those who want to work personally with me. It's more like an accountability program where I hold you accountable. I take you on a number of modules. And in the course of that um, training, you're going to also be certified by Microsoft. I'm also a Microsoft certified innovative educator, expert and trainer. And I take you through those training and you get the Microsoft certification to become a globally recognized educator so that program actually is a way of working closely with me that is do it with you in that program i do it with you but if you want to do it yourself all you have to do is to join the innovative educators hangout community so that is where i engage with other educators monthly we have our meetings and it will be a pleasure to have you join and um, particularly for young people who are thinking of making a career for themselves in the tertiary institution, which is like my area of specialty. I work with all educators in my line of work, but when it comes to my core, I really am really, really, really so interested in individuals who want to start now to prepare themselves for a successful tertiary or tertiary academic career you can reach out to me and I would guide you appropriately. Okay? All right. Awesome. So how do we reach out to you? Um, in fact, okay. before you talk about how we reach out to you, so let, let me show people. Chioma actually trained me. You can see my certificate. Microsoft. Oh, you know, this is so anywhere. cool. Microsoft. I'm a certified <laughs> Microsoft innovative educator. So I need to loud it. So she trained me. So you should connect to her to also know how to get um, certified by Microsoft. Mm. All right. So, so go. We can see I'm I'm moving. I'm not just um talk. <laughs> talk and do. Innovative talk educator. And do. All right. On point. So, on point. This is amazing. nice. This is so nice. um. So Chema, tell us how we can connect with you so we can um close on from there. Okay, you can reach me via Facebook at Choma Joy Okonkwo. My full name on Facebook at Choma Joy Okonkwo on Facebook. I'm also available on LinkedIn, same name, Choma Joy Okonkwo. And you can also reach me via my email, my Gmail, Choma Joy Okonkwo 21 at gmail.com. These are ways you can reach me via the Gmail, Choma Joy Okonkwo 21 at gmail.com. You can also reach me via um facebook choma joy okonkwo you can send me a private message or just reach out to me and i would get back to you to be a pleasure to do so phenomenal phenomenal thank you so much um choma I'm very, thank very you grateful. for having me thank, thank you, you for, for the privilege me. to share your how. knowledge thank share you so much share awesome share awesome share <laughs> share. so thank you everyone it's just amazing you just listened to chairman joy okonko on this amazing episode of growth secrets time to travel i've tell you don't become tribal and remain in your country it's time to move i'm telling you there is a difference between entering plane 
and going along bike and car. I've been inside plane. I know how it feels like. It's time for you to travel, expand your mind, grow, and move on to the next level. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining. Till I come your way again with my next phenomenal and exceptional guest. Never stop growing. Never stop impacting your world. And never stop making a difference. Thank you. Bye-bye. Peace. <laughs>